0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the underpowered podcast where our gaming potential may be sparse, but we continue to level up anyway. This is episode 10, and in this episode, we feature an interview with SBJ of the popular Pokemon focused podcast, It's Super Effective. I'm Shelby Stokes, and today in the podcast, we have Casey Cool, the dynamic duo is here.
1: Yeah, just me, just me and you, like always.
0: I got pretty excited. Till the end of time. Till the end of time. Yeah. So what's going on, man? You live in the dream? What's going on? I'm
1: just counting down the days to school ending. Very nice. And losing this competition. I think I'm losing (laughs) the Backlog Challenge this month. With grace and dignity, I will accept my loss. Okay.
0: So I totally feel like you're sandbagging me. Because if anybody was watching us on Twitter last time around he totally played the same game. And then all of a sudden he dropped like three finishes right on the last day. So you've like scared me into thinking I need to be playing more.
1: That's good. You should be scared (laughs) at all times. And you should know that I'm coming for you. But uh, ultimately, I mean, I'm, I'm three up. You all, you beat two. I'm at three. So yeah, I've got 12 left on my list.
2: This is true. Um,
1: No, I, my work has gotten away from me and real life has gotten away a bit, but I've, yeah. And I'm just playing too much of a little bit of everything. You
0: don't need to work. The pandemic is real, man. Just you yeah. know, live your life. But, yeah. I mean, this is a big month because we took a poll out to Twitter and asked them which uh, punishment it would be. And it was a three-way tie, so we decided that all three are applicable for the end of this month, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the triple P. The loser has to do 300 push-ups a day.
0: Right. They have
1: to paint a portrait of the winner. And then the hardest one, thanks to Ben Bertoli. The loser has to eat a raw potato.
0: It's so good. It's so good. And it's so painful at the same time.
1: I think I'm going to go with a Yukon goal.
0: Are you? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I'm also going to request that you just put it in the freezer before you eat it as well.
1: That would break my teeth. <laughs> Dude, got to live life on the edge. No, nah, man. I'm not trying to go there right now. The dentist where people <laughs> breathe on you and get you all sick. Uh-uh. Hey, that's no. like the
0: most sterile place you could go right now. I will
1: definitely put it on our Twitter and I'll put it on our Instagram, and I'll put the video out there for me eating a raw potato. Um, the push-up so one, though, is good because I get to get in shape. And now the portrait thing. Do I have to actually paint it? Can I draw you a nice picture? You know I can draw.
0: Ooh. Mm, uh, I like the paint. Okay, personally. okay. I,
1: I can sketch it out. and then well, I can
0: watercolor. I can do watercolors. Okay. I mean, I, I want it to be the quality where I can frame it. You know what I mean? I want okay. it to be frameable.
1: Oh, I think that's part of the deal. I think you have to have it framed and put it up in like your office. I don't that's the other thing. If I'm doing this, I'm spending time on it. I'm going to make it quality. Right. Okay. 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 The question is, do I want to use a picture of you from college when you had beautiful long locks flowing from your hair when I first met you? Uh,
0: the answer is always. Okay. The answer is always. And make sure to make sure to sign it because I want it signed by the oh, artist course. as well. You look
1: like you just walked out of the movie, dazed and confused. When I first met you, I was like, look, <laughs> look at this guy. I
0: was a little bit lighter too, believe it or not. Yeah, I
1: think we both were. Actually, no, I'm about the same. I've had dad bug my whole life. But
0: yeah, so no, I'm convinced that this is all a long con and then you're just going to drop all of those games on me at once. Like, I'm convinced that that's what's going to happen.
1: We'll never know. You're going to have to wait until
0: the the end of the month. I can't. Well, and believe it or not, that's that's next week. We are already in June. Mm -hmm. That said, I've been doing some gaming. Sounds like you've been doing a little gaming as well. Yeah,
1: too much, a little bit of gaming. But I would like to hear, and I think you're... In good spirits because you finally beat a game, yes, or you beat another <laughs> game. I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk trash like that. So
0: yeah, like on top of everything, we also said last month that I had to play God of War, that it'd be the next game on my list because I lost April's challenge. And sure enough, I wrapped God of War last week, and I've spoke a lot about it on this cast. But I will say that the story, I, I've already, I've already given it a lot of praise. It wraps really well. Good. And I think the combat only gets better as you move your way through that game. Um, they do a good job of introducing new mechanics, introducing new enemies, and then throughout the game, they'll take away certain abilities. So you have to change your play style constantly. Um, it really felt like it was constantly um, innovating and making me just <laughs> want to do a little bit more. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Ending was very satisfying, and I think it has one of the best credit sequences. Huh. In a game that I've nice. seen. nice.
1: I want to know, how did you spec out your Kratos? Like, what was his build for you when you went through?
0: Oh, first thing I did was I spent as many skill points as I could into the sun. So the sun kind of provides a cover. So he's like in the back with a bow and right, arrow, okay. just lighting people up. So that was the first thing that I spec'd out. Okay. And then the axe was the second thing. I barely even touched the, the unarmed combat. The blades were all right, and like once once the blades get introduced, like blades are fire and axes ice, so you start juggling the enemy types because they'll throw fire enemies and then they'll throw mm. ice enemies, so you're constantly like changing up your playstyle. It was very well done, and like I said, it was it was just the perfect amount of time where it felt like I wanted more. Nice, um, so it was good, but yeah, that one's gone. So that is my May game that I have beat. Currently,
1: and for those that are listening for the first time, Mm -hmm. the idea of this podcast is we are playing our old games because being parents, we have a bunch of old games that we wanted to play that have eluded us or gotten away because of time, and we're just trying to beat our games, right? We're trying to beat our old games because we have the time to do it. Now, what are you working on next? Because we're trying to see who beats the. We have 15 games each, and Shelby, we're both now at we've both beaten three, so we both have 12 (laughs) left
0: correct correct i have a game that i purchased for switch called return of the Den. it got a lot of praise a couple of years ago and um i don't know if you've seen any screenshots of this casey but it's a pretty cool art yeah it's like
1: it looks like a sketch right like you're walking in a sketch of it and it's is it what's what type of game is it what's the genre
0: you know what? It I would liken it to Clue. Like you're like you you played Clue as a kid, like the board game. Yeah, because what what you're basically doing in Clue is like you're trying to eliminate certain suspects from the game board and figuring out what mm. weapon each one of those murders okay. using Clue, right? And which room. So like by by taking the same premise, you're basically trying to whittle down. Who each person is in well, this game. So let me back up. So the game opens. You get onto. You basically show up on a pirate ship. You're an insurance investigator. You get off your dinghy. Oh, fun! Walk into the yeah, right. You know, <laughs> so exciting. Like every kid wants to be as an investigator <laughs> for an insurance company. You get on the ship and you're tasked with identifying each one of the characters on the ship and how they were and how they died basically Mm. and some of the characters spoiler alert didn't die but you're trying to figure out who went where and what did and what exactly happened so it's pretty cool like you get off the ship you go to your first place which is like the captain's quarters and you have what i call the stopwatch of death you find a body or whatever it is you walk up you hit the stopwatch of death and it allows you to see the death of one person so like You know, right when the pistol fires, you would get that scene. And it's a frozen scene that you walk into and then you're constantly trying to identify each person. And you have to deduce who each individual it is, how they met their fate, and who is responsible for their death. So, pretty interesting concept. Very frustrating at times. Very frustrating.
1: Well, it seems to be a puzzle... It seems to be a puzzle adventure game, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing it's frustrating because you're trying to solve a puzzle and there's probably not, is there not a lot of leads? Does the game try to help you at all?
0: I mean, it does, but so so let me like, so I started off with this game, played it for a while, liked the art style, liked the way it felt, but I got frustrated because I was having issues figuring out exactly how somebody met their fate, right? So Mm -hmm. I can see that this guy got, has a spike through his chest, but I can't tell if that should be spiked if that should be speared. You know, I know that he was killed by a sea monster. So which one of those do I choose? Right. So I had yeah. some issues with that. Um, I had trouble breaking down exactly what the game wanted me to do. And sometimes it felt like I didn't have the details that I thought I should have in order to at least figure it out. Because I feel like if I see a scene where somebody's getting shot, at least I can say they got shot. I might not know who they are, who they got shot by. But I felt like with each one of those scenes, I should be able to at least tick off how somebody was dying.
1: How many hours are you in this game? Well,
0: I got to the end of the game. What? I finished the game this weekend.
1: Son of a! No!
0: <laughs> so I get to the end of the game, and I have a lot of holes in my log. Like, a lot of holes.
1: Did you get in credits, sir?
0: I I got the bad ending, and then oh. I was like, well, this isn't cool. So I, go, I went back, and I went through some of the things that I had issues with. And I found that I was constantly back, bouncing back and forth between an FAQ and the actual game in order to clean up the spots that I couldn't That's figure fair. out on my own. I got the bad ending, but like I wanted the real ending, right? You
1: wanted a good ending. You want to see the story. That's fair.
0: Exactly. And
1: I think that
0: part of the reason this game didn't work for me personally is because it's asking a lot of the players. So on the FAQ I was reading, I would basically figure out who the person was go on the wiki and it would tell you exactly how to find that person's identity. And at times it was telling me to go back to like three or four memories ago and then figuring out what number that was hanging off their bunk and then like reverse engineering, how to figure out who that person was. Oh wow. Yeah. So I mean like I'm impressed like, I appreciate it, but at the same time, like, I don't think I personally <laughs> would have gone through those steps to ever figure out who what each character is. You know what yeah,
1: I mean? Yeah, it, it kind of was driving you nuts to, like, really beat – you didn't want to beat your head against this one. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, exactly. I think – like, you've never played the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney games?
0: No, but I've heard good things.
1: It, but I don't think it would be up your alley after hearing that because really? you have to go back. You have to, like, piece something. They're really fun, but they're – do you think the lack of action – maybe hurt you for it too? Cause it's just puzzles and it's storytelling. I
0: think what hurt me is just, I mean, I think the individuals that really love this game just love to deduce the different like pieces and specific details and then try to reverse engineer it. Whereas if I get stuck in a game, I will just be like, which yeah. direction do I need to go? Like I, I am the guy that will open an FAQ right away and say, which direction do I need to go? I don't want to, waste my time aimlessly poking around that is one of my biggest pain points in games and i feel like this game is built for somebody that wants to just walk in and play with the toy until they figure out how it all ticks and that's not really what i seek personally this game is very well made i mean the story and the thought that has gone into how each one of these things plays out like you can basically go on a wiki and read any one of these characters and it'll give you a full-on um, story about what they felt, why they did the action, why they did the actions that they did, or took, you know, chose to mm-hmm. basically do what they did throughout the different scenes in the ship. So I have mad respect for this game. It's clean storytelling is great. It's intriguing, start to end. I think it works. Um, it's 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 a great game. Mad respect. I just don't think it's the game for me. Got
1: great reviews on Open Critic. Yeah. It's rated very high and it has like a 98 and then steam it's got a 10 out of 10 so yeah for people like it sounds like it's optimal for people like puzzle games
0: it's it's a spectacle man i am i am very impressed with it all the way through but i can openly admit that this just might not be you know if i was on a desert island this might be a game i would take because i know i would just beat my head against it oh. and really enjoy it
1: it's about the time it's about time for you
0: exactly yeah
1: it sounds yeah. like the witness kind of in a way the witness sound like that yeah. for me where it was a game that sounded really cool but it sounded like hey i don't want to sound like a total me head or bro i need a bit of action with my puzzles okay. from time to time or I, I like also character building but that sounds like a really fun. now game. did
0: you play through the witness at all
1: no okay. no no because no. I, just, I, just I
0: actually played. really liked the witness Um, yeah, I did. I I got all the way through the witness again, like I would get to a puzzle. And if I hit a point in that puzzle where I beat my head against the wall and couldn't get through it, I would look it up, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and the thing with the witness is it constantly builds on itself. So the beautiful thing about the witness is like, you start with a puzzle, you think in a certain way, and then that kind of takes you down the trail. So, in my experience, like I'd get to those first couple of puzzles, and then I'd be like, oh, I need to start thinking about it like this. And then that changed my outlook. But anyway, I uh, like The Witness. I was not such a fan of The Oberden. Did you play The Oberden?
1: No. I've heard about it on other podcasts that we both listened to and all around the way the year it came out. It sounded really cool, but it, it just sounded like one that I would maybe enjoy just watching someone else play. <laughs> there you go. I, I feel like I could go on YouTube and watch the cutscenes and appreciate that yeah. game. Or, you know, that's the great thing about Twitch, you know?
0: So, that's what I played. I, I had a long weekend, so I got some serious gaming time in. But nice. what have you been playing, Case? Nice.
1: Well, Dragon's Dogma has definitely sucked its Ooh, hooks into nice. me. The the pawn system's really great, because you'll interact with people's, uh, You when you, like I talked about it last week podcast, you get to make a sidekick and people's sidekicks are online there was one i was just walking in the town i was like oh, there's a the guy made him a giant you can make him super tall you can make him fat and i look like oh that looks like andre the giant and the guy's name is a the giant i was like yes recruiting you right now <laughs> there's a lot of really cool storytelling you can fail quests in it i randomly was walking though in the forest i had two instances. i had a giant griffin fly down like when i was walking to a quest and we ended up killing that, and I gained like three levels, because I'm not going to walk away from that fight. But on my way, when I took the wrong route, I went to this forest that's like, I think the characters are level 30, and I was in my 20s at that point. And a, are you familiar with what a chimera is? No. Chimera is a mythological beast that is a lion with a goat's head and a snake's body and a scorpion tail, and they jack you up. And this one I had to run from because he kept knocking my crew out and he gave me a, I had like, I died, wiped my party and I had to go back to where I last saved, which was like 20 minutes. Like I lost 20 minutes of progress, which hurts.
0: So like, that seems like a pretty big level jump. Were you just kind of yeah. like going off the beaten path or how did you get there?
1: Yes. Cause they're like, okay, you have to go to this place far South. And I was like, oh, well, it looks like in the maps, you don't have the full map. You have to uncover the map as you walk through it. And so I was like, oh, I'll just take, I'll just follow the road and watch it curve down this path. And that is not what the game wanted me to do. The game (laughs) wanted me to go through the quarry. I think I'm about halfway through with the main storyline on that. My other thing is, I'm doing like a level of Cuphead because ever since, you know, I found out about you can't get end credits on Simple. I'm going back. So I've finished the first aisle and I'm halfway done with the second aisle.
0: Nice. Nice. And and how are you feeling about that game? Are you still liking it? Still
1: love it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So good. I get a lot of flack from my wife for my son letting him watch me play. He helped me. You know, the levels with the pink ghosts where you have to hit B to get the ghost to get the special moves. Yeah. So that's a pretty fair, easy level. And I said to Asher, can you be on this side and just have B to it? He's like, got it, dad, because he just loves watching that game. And we beat that level together and that was like he was so pumped up really yeah because it's just it's simple there's no intensity and i've let him play a couple times but i guess i'm a bad dad according to my wife she said she was <laughs> going to delete the game and i go okay you do that if she deletes the game she doesn't know how to delete the save so i'm fine
0: i really don't feel like it's that bad of a game personally maybe maybe yeah. i'm skewed because i did play a little bit of god of war in front of my kids yeah but hey we're bad dads we're yeah. bad dads. okay, good. It's okay. Well, i mean admitting it's the first step casey that's You're right. That's
1: right. Funny. Well, the other thing that took my time is, you know, I'm a huge Pokemaniac and Pokemon fiend. So this past weekend, Pokemon had its international competition, which is per- the VGCs, Video Game Championships, uh, is the style where people play competitively and they can win cash or scholarships depending on their age. And because of COVID, the rules have changed. And so usually in these tournament type situations, I don't know if you're familiar with the Pokemon, it- double Pokemon, meaning it's two Pokemon out in the field, you can only bring four in to the battle. And then there's going to be two at a time, and there's a lot of synergy, there's a lot of strategy to it, and I love that aspect. That's my favorite part of at Pokemon, competitive battling scene. I really appreciate that. So I decided, I haven't played in a while, I'm like, ah, I'm going to make a team, because a lot of people are doing the IC. So I had been watching people play, and I got really into it, because Gabby Snyder, who is a commentator on the Pokemon VGCs, so she's a streamer. She's a very nice uh, lady.
0: Yeah, didn't we Didn't we meet her at PAX one year? Well, I
1: didn't know who she was at PAX. She was one of the gym okay. leaders for PAX, where you could go and fight the Pokemon. And she had a team that was, because Fro- Frozen had just come out, she had a Frozen-based team. And it was a 2v2 team, and she just wiped the floor with me. She gave me all these websites, and she got me really into that. And her butt-whipping she gave me haunts me to this day. But she's super nice. I would love a rematch at some point. So they are all were setting up for the IC, and I was watching her Twitch and she was talking about how, because it's best of three usually. With IC, it's not best of three. You're just playing people one off and you get a rating. Everyone starts at 1,500. And they, she said, you know, like sometimes those really unexpected strategies work that people don't have. And how I took that, I talked to my friend nice. who loves Kingler. His favorite Pokemon is Kingler. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll use Kingler. And I'll, he, he has this one hit KO move that only hits 30% <laughs> of the time. But it might just be like random luck and I'll play that. And then I decided to do that with this other Pokemon, Vanillix who if you have never seen Vanillix, Vanillix is a giant ice cream cone. Uh, And I named her Madame Curly, because if you did not know, that is the name of the Dairy Queen mascot is Madame (laughs) Curly Cone. And uh, she has a one-hit KO ice move. I'm like, okay. And I just went, I had some synergy in my team. I did not play with a real team like I usually do when I play doubles. So I had two takeaways. One, don't listen to my friend. (laughs) Uh, Two, um, don't go full meme. Can't ever go full meme. Don't go full meme. (laughs) Uh, cause my rating, I won like three games, right? I'm like, awesome. Cause nice. you get 15 every day. And then I proceeded to lose 10 in a row. Cause I'm like, oh, I should have walked away. Right. And so then I was like, okay, next day and I lose five in a row. I'm like, okay, I'm three and 15 right now. This is horrible.
0: So what you're saying is, is you kind of got beaten a few times. So you're saying your team just isn't really cutting it, huh?
1: I would describe them as semi-effective. <laughs> uh yeah
0: well hey it's semi-effective i mean when you're when you're pulling up uh when you're throwing up rates like that i guess
1: you gotta kind of change gears a little bit when you're back to where you started <laughs> you know <laughs> so i end up I, it's uh, not it's pretty not no good. i think my record was like 20 and 20 i played my 40 games and it's just like uh, it was I, I think i was winning because a lot of people quit and there's some bad internet issues because was at the bottom of the barrel but a w is a w but i definitely want to play more competitive pokemon but i also know that i'm gonna call him a friend of the show we did an interview with SBJ, and he was playing the international this weekend. And we had a lot of conversation about Pokemon. First going to want to thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to be here today. Because yeah, you're no like the busiest guy in podcasting. I feel like.
2: <laughs> yeah i try to keep busy i guess it's i don't know if that's good or bad but i think
1: it's good you got a lot of fishing lines out you know yeah some of them work some of them don't for our listeners this is why don't you introduce yourself for our, my listeners on the underpowered podcast right? uh my
2: name is steve or sbj uh i do a weekly pokemon podcast called it's super effective and i do daily twitch streams and i do a couple other podcasts but my uh Main world right now revolves around making Pokemon content.
1: Right, you did, and the other one was the Carve, which is a Monster Hunter podcast, and you guys are taking a little break from that. Yeah, the which... Carve. Then uh, we did a uh,
2: this is a while ago. We did a D and D Pokemon based podcast called Mythical. Uh, right. And then right now I'm doing an Animal Crossing podcast called <laughs> Animals Crossing Lines, uh, which is a bit of a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, instead of being like a talk show like what we're doing now or what isc is it's more of a informational 10 minute kind of thing that comes out twice a week yes um because i feel like there will be a point that uh, there will not be enough animal crossing news so i did not want to do right an animal crossing news podcast because i feel like i learned that with monster hunter that these series that are not like pokemon don't have revolving cycles of just constant information coming out every week And then Tuesday night podcast, are you still doing that as well? No, that was a podcast. Yeah, that was a. I wanted to. I was really into
1: board games. Man, I forgot about that.
2: (laughs) I've done a lot of stuff. I did a lot of research.
1: I also know your social security. Perfect.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was. I was really into board games uh, back then. That was a little over five years ago, and so I wanted to start a board gaming podcast. And then I met the guys who made the game Two Rooms in a Boom at Gen Con, and Mm. we became friends. And they also wanted to start a podcast. And so we worked together on that and I did I want to say over a hundred episodes. And then I, I stepped away and you know, that podcast still exists today. And Sean and Alan who do it, they're incredible. Um, It just, I stopped playing board games and uh, (laughs) I needed something, something on the amount of things on my plate needed to go.
1: Right. So board games was it. I get that. But you are just a hard worker. You, You know, I, I respect that about you. You, you stream six nights a week. Yeah, ever since Animal Crossing has come out, it's been seven. Whoa. So when do you sleep and hang out with your wife? Uh <laughs> uh not a lot. Uh I probably I probably get the right amount of
2: sleeps. I probably get like I probably get like seven to eight hours of okay. sleep a night. But when I'm up it is it is like work until I go back to bed. Um so I don't really have a lot of uh free time. I can't remember the last time I just like sat on my couch and like watched something without like needing to have work in front of me and my wife and i don't hang out a lot which is probably (laughs) probably a bad thing but uh we're both pretty independent so like she understands that that's good like we could we could sit in the same room together and not talk for four hours and both do our own thing
1: and we'd be we would be perfectly content with that so that sounds wonderful. I'm an only child, so I'm used to just sitting and being by myself. And I'm happily married. I have two kids, but I would love to just be able to sit in silence for four hours again. I'm just mad. <laughs> and your wife plays games with you, too. She's a Pokemon fan as well, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. She played through all Sword of Shield, um, all through Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun and Moon. Um, She didn't really enjoy Let's Go, which is funny because you would think like right. that would be more casual appeal to everyone. But no, she liked the more meaty pokemon games um she used to play monster hunter with me cool uh she used to play she loved love loved destiny one and
1: like me hated destiny two <laughs> i know you were on big i know giant bomb refers to you as pokemon steve yes and i i knew you from the podcast and when they're saying pokemon steve i thought to myself are they talking about sbj from the pokemon podcast because you had just interviewed a couple of uh dan reichert i believe yeah, And so I put the two in together, and then mm-hmm. someone asked, like, you call you Pokemon Steve? You're like, yes, that's me on Giant Bomb. That's got to yeah. be it. Yeah. Another credit well, to your... <laughs> they really have left. a lot
2: of Steves, so I right. just got dubbed Pokemon Steve. So if Giant Bomb ever refers to Pokemon Steve, that's, that's
1: me. <laughs> I think that's just a good way to go around life, being Pokemon Steve. You're the Pokemon guy.
2: Yeah, you know, there was a there was a point in life where I didn't want to be the Pokemon guy. Um So when I was creating content, like people did refer to me as like, oh, Steve does Pokemon stuff. And it was like, well, I do more than that. And I don't know if I want to be that forever. And I did branch out to um, board games and Monster Hunter and now Animal Crossing. And I love that. But now I'm to the point where like, if that's what people know me as, like, that's fine because I love Pokemon and I can right. play Pokemon forever, and I'm like very lucky that I can do other content without my audience being upset.
1: You can try something new, and they're gonna go along on the ride.
2: Yeah, and uh, but I mean, there are like I watch uh, I watch a speedrunner who just plays Majora's Mask every single day. Just Whoa. That's his favorite game of all time. He speedruns it. I've probably seen the beginning of that game like two million times at this point i've you know there's there's streamers that i know a streamer that she plays final fantasy 14 pretty much every single day and for some reason and like a couple years ago there was like this i thought like oh i don't want to be this person playing the same game every day but then kind of lately i'm like what's the i mean i love pokemon what's the problem here
1: right (laughs) what's the what's the loss? and there's so much to do in the pokemon community between nuzlocke egg you have lots of different content and you're a nintendo and brand ambassador right yes yeah whatever that means yeah does it means <laughs> nintendo thinks you're really cool that's what it means to me i see that and i'm like man i want that title so bad
2: yeah um, it's uh yeah i mean it it means i signed a contract with nintendo that they will give me free games in return of me producing content from that games and uh being positive but if i have a problem being constructive about it is right. really what the agreement comes to so
1: well Sometimes, good criticism is an art too.
2: yeah uh you know, I think I, I think they definitely want genuine responses. Um, and so, like, you know, I didn't ask for Smash Brothers from them, even though they would have sent it to me because Break. I knew that I wouldn't like it.
1: Oh, you're not a Smash guy. Even there's Pokemon in it, Steve. There's Pokemon about? in Smash. Yeah. And some Monster Hunter. Uh, there is Monster Hunter. Yeah, that's true. Everyone has their style. It sounds like, and you like a good RPG and uh, shooters, it sounds like, or action-based games as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm not... Too keen on fighting games or too keen on something that is so competitive. I think at this
1: point in life, I know what kind of games I like. Well, how old are you? 31. Okay, so we're about the same. I'm 34. I'm kind of at that point too where yeah, I know what I like and I, I'm trying different things. My son is going to be five next month and he's really into Pokemon. His name is Asher and we call him Ash. And yes, I did wiggle that in because it was a Pokemon reference with my wife and she found <laughs> out much later. Uh, but he, him and I are running through Let's Go Pikachu. It's nice because I get to play these old games. So a big thing about our podcast is we are all, Sean has worked in gaming. He worked for Machinima and Rooster Teeth and a, formerly G4. Shelby and I have grown up playing video games. My dad worked for Nintendo growing up. Whoa. Nintendo Die Hard. Yeah. People came over to hang out with my dad and not me as a kid. So there we go. That was kind of the change of pace with that because everyone wanted to play our video game stuff. Sure. Knowing that in where we're at with our lives because we have so many games that we wanted to play but having kids or we also work other jobs our big focus is a backlog and shelby and i have like a monthly contest where we play our backlog and we're trying to see who can beat the most games off our backlog we have a list of 15 what games are on your backlog oh man uh i don't necessarily have like
2: a game backlog i'm like in this weird set so i think it's really important for a streamer um, to have games they play off of stream mm-hmm. so they can relax right um, because when you're playing everything you have on stream it's kind of hard to just like maybe like sit back and enjoy the game
1: because other people tell you what to do a bit at times right and, or yeah, they, they and engage, you have to you engage right
2: and you have to be on you have to have <laughs> you know have your personality forward mm-hmm. um, so i i have games that i have off stream which like right now are like apex and Monster Hunter I kept even though I made Monster Hunter content Monster Hunter was a game I played off stream right and then made content about it later uh it was it was Destiny and Destiny 2 but those uh, those have fallen off um so I don't have any other really games that I I sit down and can go to off stream right um besides like Apex right now which I said earlier I haven't had a lot of time recently with Animal Crossing. Yeah, I think uh, with with like the pandemic mm-hmm. and Animal Crossing at the same time, I I felt like because so many people are staying at home that I should use that time to stream more to give those people something to take their mind off of things. Right. Especially people who are like working at home and you know, they need some background noise for their 9 to 5. So, I've really upped my stream schedule and I know I know like once the day is that you know everyone can go outside which I know isn't not going to be an instant thing and I know it's going to be gradual but I know when that day comes Twitch is going to probably see a pretty big decline in viewership because people will be like I want to go outside now <laughs> right right They're gonna...
1: um, I want to just stare at the sun
2: so and... I that will be my time to take like a full week off yeah um, so I'm kind of just a almost if I was like a tax person and it's you know, taxes are due, I'm, I'm just putting in a lot of hours right now with knowing that it will die down in hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: Right. We kind of took this time. That's why I started this podcast, too, because of I knew people would be inside. And I figured now is the time because I have it and to make a habit of it and make it a part of my life. The backlog for me, too, though, is something like I for 22 years, a game that I never beat was Ocarina of Time. And I i gotten so much tra- uh, just knocked on about it or not being a gamer from my friends because I played all these other Zeldas and so that's one that I've knocked off um but there's no game that eludes you that you wish you could play or you want to play that you've always had back in your mind there's a bunch of Pokemon games I haven't played yet I haven't played any of the Rangers Ooh. um I've
2: missed some of the mystery dungeons so like that stuff's like on the to-do list right i want to do a ribbon quest uh because i love collecting ribbons in the pokemon games right when they introduced ribbons in gen 3 and there are two that are exclusive to either uh gale of darkness or coliseum I like those games a lot but uh they have two ribbons uh so i wanted to get a pokemon in those games get the two ribbons move them over to ruby sapphire and then get ribbons and then move them all the way up so i want to do that with a with a pokemon but that's that's been on the to-do list for like over a year and still haven't gotten around to doing that yet
1: the real question which pokemon would you do it with which one's worthy I, of all the ribbons Yeah, i don't know that's that's part of it where i haven't figured out which one i would even want
2: to start with so right because there's only i think there's only like 120 pokemon that can even do it a starter is always not, a good choice right yeah that's i i have to Technically be shadow Pokemon because you got to purify them for one of the ribbons. That's
1: right. You have always with this Pokemon in the pursuit of podcasting. What made you start a Pokemon podcast specifically?
2: Uh, Specifically, I wanted to, I was, I always wanted to start a podcast. I tried starting a uh, gaming podcast actually before ISE. And the thought process behind that was I would always have different people on to talk about gaming stuff. And then they would tell their friends that they were on a podcast Then their friends would bond and be on and then they would be on and then their friends would bond and be on. Um, that didn't work. <laughs> uh, also, it didn't help that podcasts weren't really big. Right. You know, 11, 12 years ago. Uh, so I learned a bunch from that. I think I ended up doing 20 some episodes of that. And then I always wanted to do a podcast, but I knew like what I was doing didn't work. And when I was listening to all these other gaming podcasts that I loved, like One Up Yours, Nintendo World Report um you know game scoop pokemon by, day pokemon mondays yeah uh, well so because those you know because of the main gaming podcasts weren't covering pokemon and i was uh, thriving yeah. for pokemon news i went to search to see if there was pokemon podcast and there were uh pokemon mondays by game radar games radar yeah i think it was game Radar. yeah that's um, right. i l- fell in love with their show and i was like oh i th- i know more pokemon stuff than they do uh, which at the time i don't think i did but i thought i did uh, so i started it's super effective and then it's uh, kind of grown ever since there you
1: go that's the attitude you have to have though that i can do this right because if you don't think you can you'll never start
2: yeah i mean i was probably i was i was much cockier definitely when i was
1: <laughs>
2: gosh how old would i have
1: been i would have been like 21 i yeah. think when
2: i started the podcast yeah
1: i i wouldn't say cocky i'd say you were ambitious Ambitious would be the word. Um, So you you started on the beginning wave of podcasts. Now there's over 900,000 podcasts available for people to listen to and dive into. What's been the biggest ups and what are the biggest downs during this tenure of your podcasting career for you? I think like the biggest
2: ups was, you know, being featured by Apple. And I think even if you go to the iTunes stores and you go under the leisure category under video games, I think my podcast is sitting right next to like Giant
1: Bomb and stuff. Yeah, you're um, up there. You're one of the top video game leisure podcasts. And I've been yeah. listening to you for like six years. That's right, I, <laughs> I know. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, being featured by Apple and that that kind of stuff, I know there was a, you know, there was a enthusiast shows or whatever that we were featured in. Um, we made it to like number one on the leaderboard at one point or in the charts at one point. And I know the charts aren't just purely downloads. It's, you know, it's based on like downloads, plus like how many people are finishing it, plus reviews, plus like search results. So. I understand that, like, just because I was number one doesn't mean I had more downloads than Giant Bomb. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but it was still cool to be up there. Um, so I think that that was some ups. Some downs was, I mean, downs are not that big of a deal. But, you know, sometimes the podcast hits a lull. Like, I, I would say that the podcast is a pretty big lull right now with um, with listens, just because I'm assuming not, not as many people are going to the gym or muting. So, you know, they're falling behind on podcasts. So that, that's that been a bummer to see. Uh, you know, sometimes you get like angry hate mail about dumb Pokemon stuff, which is kind of a bummer. But at the same time, it's just like, well... They hated me this much
1: that they took twenty minutes
2: to write me a letter. So if, I guess there's there's something to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, if they hate you that much to talk to you and they talk about you all the time, they're a fan. We can call it an angry fan. Would be my my terminology. Well, and it's interesting you say that too because the Pokemon fandom and community. Pokemon fandom is huge. It's a billion dollar industry, and I found, I'm a big into the VGC. I love competitive Pokemon. And again, like I said, my son is a Pokemon reference. My students know me for Pokemon. What are the best aspects of the Pokemon community? I think
2: like the the easy slash best aspect is how it attracts all ages and all types of people. Yeah. Um, Whether, you know, male, female, trans, non-binary, you know, 14 years old. 40 years old, 55 years old, 20, like it, it, it does such a good job at like attracting every, um, which is nice. It's hard some days to get everybody to, you know, realize that when they're together. Right. But I think that's, that's why it's grown as big as it has because it it is so accepting of of everybody and anybody uh, whereas you know I don't know uh, this is probably not true but like the need for speed audience might be you know <laughs> hardcore gearheads right um, that is maybe male-dominated I don't know uh, I'm just just an example but
1: <laughs> no I think that's fair or like uh, the halo community can be pretty male-dominated right it's kind of intense there's a lot of comp like over the top competition aspects Leo legend fans seem kind of toxic at times <laughs> and you were you used to put your podcast on soundcloud so you're like an original soundcloud rapper soundcloud podcast guy. <laughs> you're the you're a yeah. cloudcaster yeah there was um
2: you know when I first started uploading the podcast I was using dot mac which then changed to mobile me because apple was very into you know apple pretty much mainlined and in- Got the word podcast out there,
1: right? And then it became um, iCloud, right? After that, yeah, then yeah. it became
2: iCloud, and they dropped uh, podcast support when they moved from Dot Mac to iCloud. So I like scrambled and I I did self hosting on GoDaddy, and then I was like, I was it was fine, it worked, um, but then I, I didn't know stats, and I didn't know stats anyways with with Dot Mac, because um, they didn't. Apple is really bad at providing you stats. So I went from Dot Mac to GoDaddy hosting to SoundCloud. And then I was getting stats Um, and I kind of like now regret not putting the podcast on like YouTube since like day one. And I, uh, I did try putting the podcast on YouTube and there wasn't really any momentum. And I would probably argue there's not a lot of momentum with putting the podcast on YouTube now, except like the four or five people that tweet at me that are like, I'm so glad this episode's on YouTube um, because it is a, it is a little bit more work to get an episode on YouTube because it doesn't just pull from an RSS feed like right. the most like podcast things do. But that was probably kind of like, I think that was maybe my biggest regret in growing content was like not taking advantage of YouTube. And I mean, if, even if I knew the information now, I don't think I could have applied it, you know, five, six, seven years ago.
1: Right. It, like the community th- aspect just comes natural. And it sounds like because you were, it was organic it wasn't you trying to make these things they just happened and that's why it is successful
2: yeah i think the first time i like sensed a form of community was when i started the patreon which i think was four years ago five years ago the podcast never made any money it always just ended up costing me money because as you probably realize podcasting's not free (laughs) of course (laughs) Um, nothing in life is free So uh, when I started the Patreon and this was even before Discord was a thing, I saw, I think I saw a friend using Slack and we were already, I was already using Slack at work, but I I didn't even think of it. But I saw a friend using, they just had a Slack with like nine of their friends and that's what they were using to communicate. And I was like, whoa, so what if I like set up a Patreon and, you know, I know how many listeners, listeners I have and I know people wanted to support me monetarily. So if I like $1 a month, you get into the Slack and now we have like a IRC, a chat room. And that was probably the first time, like I kind of sensed that I had, that was the first time I sensed that I had a community, right? which is crazy. Cause at that point I was, I was making the podcast for five plus years, but, and, and I'm sure maybe they felt a sense of community, mm-hmm. but like they're listening to me like hours every week. And I'm not like, besides a tweet or besides an email, I'm not really seeing like anything back. Right. And then that, That community grew, and then I started streaming on Twitch, and that community grew, and there's, like, a little bit of overlaps, but at this point, I feel like I have, like, two different communities that, uh, that both like Pokemon, but are... For different reasons like one really likes the the video part
1: that i do and one really just likes the audio part that i do some people enjoy the conversation some people enjoy the action so do you feel has your twitch community and your podcast community do they fight each other in a way or are they accepting of each other or is no, it like no, a... they're they're all very nice okay that's
2: good um, <laughs> there's no there's no nothing between them i think it just really comes down to preference or
1: convenience in people's lives like no team Twitch, no team uh, podcast, right? No, no I thought about good. pitting them against each other though, <laughs> but. That'd be great. I'm sure they would love that. Yeah. Um, you said you were working other jobs. This is what you do full time now, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I make content full time, which is still like weird, even though I've been doing it for over two years. And there's, there's like a lot of love. Like I love it and I, I hate it at the same time. Like there are days where I, I just wish that, I got up at 9, drove into a, a place, hit the clock, did my work, came home and then put my feet up.
1: <laughs> right. Cuz like I'm sure some days you feel like you're doing really great work and then something happens or it doesn't come out the way you want it and you feel a bit defeated at times. Like there's a lot of losing I feel like when you're starting a podcast.
2: Yeah, I, there's a there's a lot of content I've made where, you know, it doesn't it's not well received and you're just like, well, That was, you know, 20 hours that I worked (laughs) on that, that I guess we just spend. I think the, the, the big thing, I mean, people, people only see what people only see what you put out, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like they'll see the 90 minute show that I put out on Monday morning, or they'll see the six hour Twitch stream that I do on Tuesday night. And they don't see anything else besides that. So forward facing, they, they think that like, this is the dream job. Like oh you get to talk about Pokemon for a living or oh you get to play Pokemon games for a living, but they don't see the like once I wake up it's work time and that's gonna go until I go to bed, um, because if I don't do that work somebody else is going to do it. Right. Um, so that's kind of the the problem right now with content creation is it's so competitive it's so demanding that if you aren't consistently working then somebody else is going to consistently work and pass you
1: right it consistency i think sounds to be the key people want things they can rely on or it's comfort and you know you have a team you have greg and will or you're in uh you travis it was a big part of the show too and your wife came on when you guys did your uh everyday breakdowns which i loved when sun and moon came out and when sword and shield came out when you guys just talked about the game and what you were experiencing from it but how did greg and will and travis how did you meet them how did they join your team they uh they all reached out to me actually oh
2: they all reached out in some way or another uh with interest of wanting to help and support um they do li- very little uh, on the back end uh they show up they record and that's it that's the only contribution they do <laughs> they need so to step I, it up every everything twitter instagram all website a hundred percent me so they, they lend their voices every week and that's, you know, what they want to do. And I love having them on and I love having their insight, but um, everything else is, is on me at that point.
1: And it's, it's your baby. It's your egg. It's what you've grown. You're the, you're the captain of the ship. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Like it's... <laughs> yes, if it sinks. It's my fault. <laughs> right. You know, you gotta, you gotta die on your sword, go out on your shield. I get that too. I've never felt Pokemon to be a toxic fan base till Dexit.
2: Um nah well
1: I think the BGC think- community and like there's uh I it's like saying Voldemort. If I say it, he's gonna come and get me. Um <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. There's certain streamers and certain podcasters that love to make drama with other YouTube casters or YouTube or Poketubers, I've noticed, but the overall, I think people when you go to an event are really accepting. But at the Dexit was the first time I saw people getting super, super nasty.
2: Um, I think it. I think it was always there. I think those people have always existed. I, it's funny because the the complaints that the people of, uh, I guess Dexit had were complaints that I've I've said multiple times on my show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's funny that the they finally I don't know added them all together or it finally broke some. Some some straw for them, but I think the the only the difference, and it's it's easier to look back on it now that it's kind of passed, right. is it's kind of the same that really happened with um like the Gen One stuff. There are people who specifically only liked or cared about Gen One, and everything after Gen One was stupid or garbage. Yes, or, so or Gen 1-ers, right or bad. And now there's like a now there's just like another defining um slice where everyone who everyone think well, not everyone but the people mostly in the decks that thought everything after black and white 2 was bad and they they did not like the complete move to 3d from sprites and they didn't like all the changes that they made
1: they felt there were shortcuts being taken i always felt like when we knew the raid mechanic was there that nintendo intentionally was waiting to bring more Pokemon in with the raid mechanic. I think that was their whole get-go. But the whole attitude of, oh, you didn't make it right, so make it right, like, the whining tantrum that came with it was what I found so unappealing. Um, I
2: I think the writing was on the wall for a while that
1: Pokemon were going to get cut.
2: Yeah, that too. Uh, If you specifically look at Sun and Moon is when they didn't have a complete Pokedex for the first time. I think Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon had a lot of signs of, like, the direction they were going in, but... Even the developers said that, like, because this was the last game on the 3DS, we just kind of dumped everything into it because we could. I still don't see a huge problem with um, not having all the Pokemon in a specific game. They specifically said that, you know, they wanted to work on animations and there are people that will point and say, look at how bad this tail whip is. (laughs) And my argument would be, one, you're probably never going to use Tail Whip after the first 10 minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. And two, once you beat the game, you're probably going to turn off animations. But there are genuinely good animations, like Hyper Beam, like Pyro Ball. Um, So to say that they didn't make uh, new animations, you're just kind of, you're pulling up the Tail Whip argument and not looking at these other things. And I think people tend to forget that, like, you have Pokemon walking in the overworld. You have the Pokemon camp. Like, these are all new animations whether you want them to be or not but they're so busy holding on to you know hop has the same excited animation as how and it's like i don't if the if his arms swayed slightly more to the left <laughs> is that like going to satisfy you no it's just something you need to complain about And uh, there are plenty of games that reuse animations, but that, you know, none of those people, they don't want to hear that kind of stuff. And then, you know, there are other arguments. So Nintendo said two things or Game Freak said two things on stage. They said better animations. Um, And then they said that they wanted a more they wanted to fix the competitive. They wanted to make it more balanced. And I would argue that, you know, the people on Reddit saying that Dreadnought was overpowered and used Stealth Rock they have no clue what they're talking about because no one actually in competitive uses stealth rock. Right. right? It's just not a thing that people do. And if you talk to the competitive people, they're incredibly happy with how the Pokemon company has handled competitive this time, going back to that initial argument of like better animations. And you know, that's maybe that maybe if you want to pick and choose, that's fine. You could, you could literally pick and choose from stadium on how stadium had some really good animations, but also you're ignoring all the bad animations that stadium Mm -hmm. had and, I think they were I don't think they were lying to anyone when they sat on stage and they said those two things. And that's why, you know, not all 890
1: Pokemon made it into the game. Like you said, the VGC community is very happy. Like I I play competitively. I play doubles and I love the changes and I love the idea of a rental team because sometimes I like, you know, I'm a dad. I've got two kids. I work a full time job. I have a wife. I'm a busy guy. It's so accessible now that if you want to go and play a ranked match, you can find a team and learn the nuances to it. I've been very happy with Sword and Shield. How have you felt about it as a game as a whole?
2: Uh, I think it's good. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's the best Pokemon game ever made. Uh, what? I don't think it's the worst. Uh, but the thing about Pokemon is they will continue to make games right. over
1: and over. So. And they have a recipe they're going to follow, and that kind of changed though. What with instead of a middle game like a Platinum or a Yellow. Uh, The expansions are coming out. We have the Armored Isle, and that's coming out soon. What do you think about them switching to an expansion DLC model? Versus a whole new game. I think they should try it.
2: I don't think. I don't know if it's the right direction. There are plenty of companies. That have done DLC poorly. But I think that. um, I think that DLC was always something. That people did want. Ever since Gen 5. um, Where DLC started becoming more prevalent. And accessible to people. Uh, So I am excited to see what they do. Like I said. I don't know if it's the right thing. I don't know if this is going to be better. Or worse than a third game. But I think it is something that. They should try, right? So I'm, I'm excited, uh, but I guess
1: I guess we'll see. I, I like it in the aspect that when they were on a, the handheld or the 3 ds or Game Boys or, or DS and so on, it was 40 bucks. So it was the investment. It was a game you already played with a lot of good changes. I don't think they could justify making the game again and charging another $60 for a third version. So this is a good move. I'd love a game of just wild areas. I want a Pokemon MMO.
2: Yeah, I uh, I mean... I disagree they can they can definitely put up any game and charge sixty bucks for it, and people buy oh, <laughs> no, for sure they, yes. i
1: I'm, let me rephrase that I, they people will buy whatever because they love they're they're hooked they they need their fix, but I think they maybe were trying to be
2: fair yeah i mean like when when you when you have a game like Pokemon, which you know this has always been a complaint of mine of how many uh items they have and like the recollecting of everything again, I think it's easier to swallow you know, that you've grinded out all of these items in a game. And the game keeps giving you something to do every month. You know, the rotating raid. Right. Which I think is great. VGC seasons. Mm -hmm. And to then give you more content without you having to feel like you have to start over, like in an Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I think that's great. It makes me want to play the base game even more because I don't have that worry of like, well, I have 999 large experience candies here. And when a new game comes out, I guess I will have to do that again. Or I will have to like somehow move a pokemon back use all the candy move it forward like there's just a sigh of relief of like i don't have to regrind this right. all it's so... in in the next 365 days
1: <laughs> right it's so nice that they did that candies from the raids because then if you have a pokemon it's so easy to make a good pokemon for a team too now because you know it used to be i have Breeding for a shiny, oh, it's the wrong nature, it's the wrong IVs, now you have bottle caps, now you have, and there's people that want, like, the zero IVs, they want certain things, but you could catch a shiny and still make it competitive now, with all the changes they made, which I like, it's so accessible. What would be the changes you'd want to make to the game at this point? If they came to you and said, Steve, we want your input, what can we do to make this game better? Oh, man, uh, <laughs>
2: I think the zero I think the zero IV things is, is probably the last thing competitively you'd probably need, So I I do think that one would be would be helpful. I don't know. That's like a tough question
1: uh, of what else they would like need to add. I'd like one more status effect, to be honest. I think ice is really weak right now. And I think if you gave them the ability to get people sick, I know with COVID and everything, that's probably bad timing. But something where burn can lower your physical attack. We have nothing that does that for special, like a status effect that makes your special attack weaker. So I would like yeah. I would like something like that myself for that kind of balance. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I uh,
2: I think the thing that Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee did so well was respect your time. And so for example, if you were doing something really repetitive, well, respect your time at least in this aspect. If you're doing something really repetitive like shiny hunting and in that game and you didn't walk away with a shiny, you still walked away with experience and candy mm-hmm. and ultimately money so what i mean by that is like in let's go pikachu let's go eevee you're required to catch pokemon over and over to increase your chance for shiny now some people would just stop at 31 and just stand there and then complain that the game was boring but that's your choice right you <laughs> you made the choice to not play and look at your screen so of course it's boring you could pl- apply that logic to any game you play <laughs> I could turn on destiny and stand there in the plaza and go, man, this game is boring. No. Yeah. Cause you're not doing anything. Yeah. You're just looking at a menu. Right. So if you continued to catch past 31 and let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee, not only did it give your team experience, which was great to like level up, you know, Pokemon that you had with you. Um, it gave you candy and you could take that candy to level it up, or you could take that candy to the store to sell the candy and it would make the Pokemon you're catching easier to catch so every pokemon in that game had a threshold you know once you caught you know 105 Lickitung, Lickitung became easier to catch once you caught 14 onyx onyx became easier to catch um so i would like to see more of that in a pokemon game of just like respecting your time right. because like right now if if you're if you're masuda methoding and if you're spinning in a circle for eggs yeah eventually you'll get a shiny or eventually you'll get the one with the like, good ivs or the good evs but then you're just gonna throw the other ones away right and it's like that was kind of time wasted and i think games need to get better at that um and again like just comparing it to destiny you might run through a uh, a raid or a um a strike in destiny and you might not get the thing you wanted at the end but throughout that you are getting currency you're getting item drops you're able to break those down into things to use towards something so even though you're you're not getting the thing you want at the end you're still getting stuff as you go through that and i think there's a lot in pokemon where you're not really getting anything in between um whether or not you can use it that's why i think raids are good because even if you don't catch the pokemon you're still getting pretty good rewards at the end of it but um that's kind of like the only thing i would really think of is okay. you know just something grinding out your time wise that is worth it i mean if the game is going to be grindy right you need to substitute the grind with something
1: it's a jrpg so you know they're they're synonymous together grind and that as we move forward i want to know what other plans do you have for your podcast in the future with this animal crossing podcast what else are you working on these days that you have planned to i guess what's coming our way um isc is going to celebrate its 10 years in in
2: july and that's, it's super uh, effective. That's a big deal. It's, it's super effective. Yeah. So Nick, Nick does all my music for the show. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of working on some stuff on that end. And we're kind of working together to see if we can put something out for people who have been listening either, you know, for two weeks or somebody who's been listening for all 10 years. So we're trying to plan some stuff around July. Jude is going to be the Armor of Isle. So that should be a new batch of podcasts that revolve around that. That should be new Twitch content that revolves around that. I'm very excited
1: for that. Myself, um, I I love a good starter Pokemon. You picked uh, Grookey as well, didn't you, this time around? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: I like that they're finally getting their own Gigantamax smooth get-go. I think all starter Pokemon should be get something extra in every game, you know, because that's your... That's the first guy you bond with.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what that DLC is. I'm excited to see... Um, like, I, I know that that DLC
1: is not going to satisfy any any of the Dexit people we talked oh, about
2: earlier. Of course not.
1: I mean, they're going to get more haircuts, guys. You have more hairstyles and more clothes, true. right? I do, I do. non-sarcastically. I'm a big fan of customizing my Same. hair. Same. I change my outfit each week. Gotta look fly. I'm excited for that, too. I'm waiting on pins and needles. So, before I let you go today, I have a quick lightning round of questions i'm going to ask you some questions and i want you to give me your first reaction first feeling right don't overthink don't underthink but just be your honest response is that okay all right yeah first one if a genie posed this to you pokemon could be real but all their animals had to go away. Which starter would you choose first as the best starter? All animals go away. <laughs> pick a starter. <laughs> Poplio. What is the worst Pokémon to start with? Sigrida. Easy, easy answer. <laughs> would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Uh the 100 Small duck horses. It'd be much easier, right? The one giant horse duck would be very scary. If you had to eat a Pokemon, which Pokemon would you have for a meal? Uh, probably a meal tank. I like a good steak. Best breakfast meal in real life, non-Pokemon related. In real life, French toast. Best character or most underrated character in the Pokemon anime. Anime? Hmm. Aj the uh the Sandshrew tamer.
2: The, the Sandshrew tamer. Yeah. Yes. He was great
1: he everyone thought he was mean but he had high expectations that's all i remember him he was a good trainer yes game you wish they would remake or reboot oh boy um
2: i would like out of all games mm-hmm. any game you can think of oh man i'd be i'd be i'd love to go back to final fantasy 11 if they reboot it weakest pokemon
1: game mainline heart gold Soul, silver wow what no way okay would you rather be a reverse centaur or reverse mermaid merman uh mermaid merman so you'd have the fish top okay which pokemon would you use for transportation in real life uh Talonflame. Mm, nice and my final question pokemon red or blue start with blue so i'll go with blue okay well steve i want to again thank you for your time where can people find you talk to you listen to you uh pretty much uh
2: all socials are P K M N C A S T. It's Pokemon without the vowels mm-hmm. and then cast. Uh so twitch.pkmncast, twitter.pk twitter dot pk uh twitter.com slash pkmncast, Instagram pkmncast, So pretty easy. Got the got the brand right there. Yeah. And your personal
1: is dragon lake, right? Yep, yeah. D-R-A-G-G-I-N-G-A-L-A-K-E. Well again. Thank you. I won't keep you any longer. Um I I really appreciate you being on. And I will let you know when I'm about to put this out. Okay, yeah, perfect. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah. Take care. Bye.
0: That's right. Thank you very much, SBJ. Appreciate you being with us today. Casey, uh, let's uh, take on some news. What do you think?
1: Okay, let's do our big three. I thought you were going to tell me I did a good job, but whatever. I Um. mean,
0: I think think it just speaks for itself. You're out of this world, my friend. (laughs)
1: For shit. I just need that. You know, I just need that sometimes. Oh, yeah, let's hear our big three. Where do you want to start, shall we?
0: In the news this week, we have chosen three articles, chosen three articles, and they are the big three in our minds ones that we're most interested in and kind of just want to gab about. The first one is regarding the video game streaming events that will be taking place this summer because E3 is no longer a thing. So I am currently reading an article from Polygon where it goes over the different streaming events. want right. to hear about them, Casey?
1: I do. Also, uh, BlizzCon was canceled. They're going to do a digital event as well, and that's I know for WoW fiends out there, that's a big one.
0: Yeah, it seems like just about anybody that's gathering in place is um, not going to be doing an in-person event for the unless you future. live in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Florida. You know, know. Florida man. He's he's alive and right. well down there. Let's hear. Let's hear June. Uh, so, in terms of this summer, June sixth, there will be the PC gaming show. June eleventh, EA. Play live on June 11th, Cyberpunk 2077. That's the Night City Wire. On June 22nd and July 20th, the Day of the Devs will be doing something virtually on June 23rd the new game plus expo will be happening on June 27th through the 28th the bit summit guiden will be taking place and there's also things happening in July we all know that xbox game studios is going to showcase something at some date we're also going to see ubisoft forward on July 12th Evo online will be taking place July 4th through August 2nd, and that takes us to August where Gamescom opening night live will be happening on August 27th. So, a lot of cool things going on still.
1: Yeah, I forgot that Gamescom is going, they have to go digital. That's a big one, too. Some of these, yes, you know, like I think it's interesting that Evo's moving to four weeks they're doing four weeks of evo i kind of like that they're setting that yeah, out that's
0: a long spread for them isn't it i mean normally they take place on what just mm-hmm. one weekend one normally? weekend in, in vegas wow.
1: usually every year and it's you know i'm a big fighting game i'm hoping i can get you to watch something this year that's my goal
0: i'd be okay with that okay yeah i mean i've always liked the idea of evo but i always feel like i hear about it after the fact
1: when i turn 40 i've always talked about i want to go to las vegas i've never been i want to go and not to like I don't gamble. I bet on sports. I'll bet on sports, but I would love to go watch like a UFC fight or go for like Evo, go for the Evo weekend. Yeah. I think that'd be so fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would love to. I think that'd be absolutely awesome. I love Vegas. Personally, one of my favorite places. Okay, Um, let's book it. Let's do it. it. I mean, that recycled air just gets to me every time. I want to get
1: the the IVs that they give the people to keep drinking and having fun. That (laughs) sounds wonderful. Which one of these sounds? Um,
0: My favorite on this list is definitely Cyberpunk 2077, Nightwire City. That Night City Wire, it's called. I think um cd project red is just an amazing developer witcher 3 was created in a lab somewhere specifically for me and um this is right on my alley
1: that cyberpunk looks really cool and i i hope it lives up to everyone's expectations i don't want to put through that like that game could be game changer
0: yeah i i think it's going to be difficult because i think like everybody's built it up in their head to be this amazing thing and i hope it lives up to it um but who knows yeah. I have faith in the developer that they'll do a good job.
1: Yeah, the day of the dev sounds cool. Jeff Keeley, the ultimate internet uh, walking guard, crossing guard, is gonna control the flow on that one for sure. That's really it, it that I'm looking forward to. I Nintendo, you know, I'm hoping they'll do a direct, mm-hmm. but
0: we'll I'm sure see. they will. I mean, they don't really need to stoke the fire. They've always been pretty good at just dropping things, and people really enjoy when they drop those right. directs randomly. And honestly, yeah. like Nintendo is kind of in their own lane, which is pretty cool. You know, you, everybody's yeah. hanging on every, every, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um,
1: they they drop what they're doing when in those directions. Yeah,
0: but I think everybody's watching Microsoft and Sony so closely with the lead-up to these new consoles that it yes. seems like Nintendo's in yes. their own lane, and that'll give them the freedom to kind of drop stuff randomly and still stay in the news cycle. So they, they've they really carved out a good market for themselves.
1: Well, they've done a really good job carving out market, too. Like, think about Pokemon
0: Go. Yeah, yeah, and that takes us to our next story. And uh, Pokemon Go is getting an update, believe it or not. Um, they the, the headline I'm reading is on Scene Rant, I and it says believe. they're adding reality bending, which is apparently a real thing, boasts the article.
1: Is that like a new form of the Avatar? Does um, the Avatar know the reality so- bending?
0: As I understand it, the Pokemon are going to appear more realistic and they're going to be doing some magic on oh. the phones to take into account what the blueprint is of the environment. So that's, uh, that's some pretty cool tech.
1: So the Pokemon are going to interact with the environment. That'd be actually kind of cool to see what that's kind of the next level. I'm curious when they say more realistic like are they going to go full detective Pikachu? Cuz that'd be rad.
0: <laughs> Dude, I hope so. I really enjoyed that movie. I know we talked about it last week, but yeah. hopefully they do. I mean, I think it would be a good transition over for them.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: will this get you back onto the Pokemon Go scene or if you not? I'm on it. Oh, I'm on oh, it. I've never stopped.
1: I've never quit, baby. <laughs> um, I'm on that train. Uh, I check it every day. I need to get to level 40. They've done some really nice things with COVID. Like you can do raids from your house. You get a pass. Like if there's a raid going on, they'll let you join it within like a certain mile radius. You don't have to be there. Um, they've made Pokemon more accessible to it. Uh, I'm I'm happy with the what they're doing Pokemon Go. They've changed the battling. I actually would recommend you getting back into this because it's it's really you don't have to spend a ton of time in it. You can play it. it it values your time way more than it used to, and it, when you're like, you can have it set where if you just have it uh, when you're not on it, it counts your steps and you can hatch eggs, oh, which give you great Pokemon. Nice. Yeah, they've done a little like a lot of quality and trading's up there now. Hmm. You can actually trade. The battling is not just tapping. There's there is some hmm. tapping, but there's shields.
0: So last time I tried to get into Pokemon Go, I couldn't get my account logged in and then it frustrated me but i probably could just like let that go at some point because let's face it i probably just have like 30 right, pidgeys right. in there right
1: Pidgey-mon, as you call them yes pidgey
0: mons uh, 30 no. Pidgey-mons. Uh, yeah
1: just start to and join team instinct yellow team yeah
0: pidgey mon no Pidgey-doll no don't you, don't you do that don't you do that
1: <laughs> Um,
0: no. <laughs> so let's uh move on to our third story. This one is regarding Xbox and Phil Spencer has come out and made a few statements regarding what's going on with the lead up to the launch of the new console. Um, this
1: is via IGN. This is
0: via IGN, and this quote is directly from Phil Spencer. And it says, Any of the functions that actually require physical collaboration, things like motion capture, things like symphonic capture, some of that is put on hold. Um, he goes on to say, I think on the game side, things that are pre content complete might be impacted more than things that are post content complete. Um, so yeah, he seems to be saying what he just said there. He's concerned about anything where they are gathering in person. So hopefully that's a small amount of things. You would hope that all the stuff that they have lined up for releasing at the end of this year would be darn near done, but I yeah. guess we don't know without peeking behind the veil yeah. and that will not be happening.
1: They have AAA titles probably that they have almost finished, like you said, but I think Indie developers that like make games like Shovel Knight or I don't want to say low res that they do more bit style art or different style where it's not like the motion captures needed I think uh, those games are going to excel during this time. But that's not what you're buying the system for, right? Yeah,
0: it's such an interesting console cycle because, I mean, they're really going to have to... This would be the time, you know, E3 would be the time where they start getting fans excited about the new consoles. Like, these are the titles that we're coming out with. Get excited. You can only play them here. And the tech that Microsoft is taking right now is you can play anywhere. So it's going to be interesting to see if that negatively affects console sales, um, but I think their tact right now is we don't care as long as we're getting our piece. Play it on PC, play it on Xbox 360, whatever. So, kind of a paradigm shift.
1: Well, and they're, they're, I like that they're like Game Pass. I know um, Minecraft Genesis dropped, and I know that's on Game Pass. I was looking at Game Pass today because I had a student talking to me about it, and I wouldn't need an Xbox to play it i could just play on pc they're giving that option now it you be known every time i look at the new xbox the series x it's basically a pc tower i it goes back to my whole thing oh, but it's
0: it's an easy button. No, no
1: no it's for people that don't are afraid to build a pc or don't want to play a pc it's just like it's like but it's slowly indoctrinating but but
0: but but casey but casey if you don't have a pc you might as well just buy an xbox and start dragging your feet
1: yeah or you could just build a pc (laughs) i mean it's the same thing and then play even more games i know i know
0: i i think you should just get a playstation 5 i'll get the new xbox and then we'll be able to cover all corners of the gaming world
1: uh no i think we're just gonna get a third member permanently (laughs) in the show uh yeah i would love that i would love that if my but Okay. Nintendo and PC for life. Don't I would worry. definitely
0: go PC. I'll I'll have to I'll have to t- help talk the powers that be into saying yeah. yes to this. Yeah, I like like and Casey, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but you know, I wanna build a new gaming PC. And every time okay. I start to look at it, I get overwhelmed and I'm like bzz, 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 next, right? So this is totally up my alley in terms of gaming. Now Phil Spencer coming out and saying that COVID's real, hopefully all the games come out. Um, he's got to say that right now because so much is unknown and hopefully, yeah, hopefully everyone putting out content will be able to put out the content that's on track to come out. But yeah,
1: I think he, I'm glad he's lowering expectations for everybody. You know, you get some politicians out there they're like we're going to do everything. And then it's like, we're, uh, well, everything means just hold still, still, or they're just telling, they don't know either. So
0: so all the politicians. Yeah. 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 I love your
1: face. Every politician. No, this whole thing, <laughs> Uh, they everyone has to have realistic expectations, and what I found with some of the video game communities, like when we talked about the interview with Pokemon, people get really pissed off when things aren't the way they want them, and then you get that vocal minority that just stomps their feet and whines to get what they want, and it ruins it for me at least because I don't even want to talk about it or hear about it. It makes it tur- it makes it turns all things sour, and it's not the whole community, but I like you said, Spencer does have to say this. And like I've been saying, I don't think sales are gonna be what everyone expected at Christmas time. Yeah,
0: I, I yeah, I think everyone's a little bit more tentative, and we'll see how it comes to pass. You know, I I'll, I also have to yeah. give Phil Spencer credit where credits due. Like in all the interviews I've seen with him, he seems to be. I don't feel like he's given you lines of garbage. I feel like he's sincere. I feel like his message is clear and concise. And I feel like he's on brand here. You know, he's basically saying we're going to have issues with some of the in-person challenges that we all foresee happening. But for the most part, we feel good about the holiday. Like he's not making any promises there. So if he's a politician, he's one of the better ones in my mind.
1: I mean, he's cool, but he doesn't have anything on Doug Bowser, bro. <laughs>
0: Doug bowser has got a name. I mean, let's face it. Bowser dude, Bowser dude. is no Reggie, okay? There's no way. Not
1: yet. No, Reggie's great. Reggie's going to save Bring GameStop. Back Reggie, Reggie is God.
0: Bring back Reggie. That covers Bring it back for Reggie. news. Let's do it. Let's check out some emails.
1: Let's talk about our emails from our viewers. And we've been getting some emails. really enjoy it. And we love to answer your questions. You can email us where, Shelby? Working can people email us at?
0: Emails at underpoweredmedia.com. That's emails with an S at underpoweredmedia.com.
1: Yes, and if you're following the show in the notes, we have a Discord now. If you want to join our Discord, it's in the episode information here, and it's on our Twitter, underpoweredpod. Go there, and you can ask us questions and become a part of our community and help this show grow. So our first question comes from... Adrian and Tacoma. Hey guys. I really enjoy that Shelby and Casey share their parenting stories as gamers and hearing Shelby talk about God of war got me wanting to know what video game is most like raising a child. (laughs) All right. I know I got an easy one.
0: uh, Dude, I I know I've been talking about it a lot, but the dynamics that God of war gets at is um, pretty cool. And I purposefully did not discuss a lot of the relationship mid to late game there. But they dive into some serious father-son antics, which I think are really cool. Maybe one day we'll do a spoiler cast. What are you thinking?
1: I would love that. Uh, Pokemon. How? You start with this cute little baby creature. And you got to walk
0: your Pokemon Go egg until it hatches. You
1: walk it. You train (laughs) it. It grows. And then it hits puberty, and it's kind of ugly. Right? It's got that weird what I call the awkward phase. I teach when I teach this to fifth graders about puberty, I go, You guys know Pokemon? i like, you know how they start really cute, right? And like, yeah, and like and then there's that middle phase where they're all awkward and ugly. That's where you all are. And they're all like, ah oh. but it gets better because in a couple of years you're gonna turn into something really cool like a Charizard. Right? And then, then they're like, okay.
0: You're like the only teacher to say, hey, you're awkward and ugly. Welcome to, <laughs> yeah. welcome to school,
1: kids. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the truth. When you were dating, that if your mom was to bring out awkward pictures, <sighs> what age time is that going to be? I
0: mean, for me, it'd be like junior high. Yes, sure. exactly. High. Middle yeah. middle
1: school. Middle school is the middle Pokemon phase to a teeny <laughs> to maybe your sophomore year of high school. Um, but. I think Pokemon would be that. I also think there's games that have where you have to raise a kid, like Harvest Moon, you get married. But I guess uh, that's not like parenting. Um, I mean,
0: I was I was going to say Animal Crossing, but I know you play more than I do. That's but not, it's like, like you got to constantly check in and make sure that there's not weeds in your town.
1: I can Yeah, that's more about just like owning a home. Um <laughs> uh,
0: uh real estate trainer Nintendo style.
1: Right. I think of, you know, do you remember the Nintendo puppies? Their nintendo oh dogs. yeah so nintendo they dogs. always say for those of you that are in a new relationship if you want to see what it's like to raise a living thing with a, a significant other uh get a pet so i uh, watching how someone plays nintendo oh, dogs. that's awesome
0: so so what you're saying is the best way to train to be a parent is just to get a get an animal
1: yeah yeah All right, that's the ultimate test yeah. or a plant like want to, or a plant. and i think the plant's harder well
0: yeah, I mean, I kill plants constantly. I feel like a Tamagotchi could be a good answer oh God, to this question. Yes. I think it's all in the same. Oh name yeah, though.
1: Tom, that's win. Did you have a Tamagotchi? <laughs> oh yeah. What was your Tamagotchi? Oh, yeah. What was your Tamagotchi? Oh shoot,
0: I couldn't even tell you. I I think I had the red one. I mean, maybe a okay. duck. Maybe a kappa. Definitely not a snake. I thought it was a snake, but I don't think it was a snake. It's anymore. funny
1: how like what we think it is, and then you go back and look at it. Mine was like a weird. I thought it was like an alien, but it might have like dog ears you, They weren't really clear on what they were, and I missed that, but yeah, tamagotchi is the that's the right answer if you want to know what it's like to be a parent, just get a tamagotchi and boom, done.
0: Yeah. Did, did you ever have to like carry around one of those babies in high school for home at class? Oh, God,
1: no. I okay. saw people do that when I was younger, and I was like, <laughs> nope, not taking that class.
0: I did the same thing. I was never actually in the class, but I would always see people walking around with a, a and baby. And was like, eh, not for me. No, thanks. Yeah. Like, I will never buy my daughter like the Polly Peas a lot or whatever it's called. Like, it's just not going to be something no. that I want in my no. house.
1: <laughs> Our next email comes from Maddie in Denver and shit. Hey guys, really love the podcast. I really enjoyed your show with Ben Bertoli and your TV recommendations. I just started watching Avatar: The Last Airbender, which was a great recommendation. It made me wonder if you were a bender, would it be based off your horoscope or just your personality? Thanks, guys. Okay, dude, now, I would
0: I would just like choose whatever one that I want. I wanted, don't think
1: it it doesn't work that which way. Which is all of them. Oh, you're the Avatar. <laughs> you're the Avatar in yes. the situation. Duh. Okay.
0: Look, I was born with these arrows tattooed on my head. It's that, not my not fault. That's what Casey. makes
1: you the avatar. He has the arrows on his head because he's a monk. Um, I, I want to say, one, my son and I just started watching that. And so you know how I'm, my wife, I made she make, she's making me watch the Star Wars movies, which she's regretting after the yeah. first one, by the way. She's like, why did I do this? I'm like, nope, we're finishing this because she wants to see new ones. I chose instead of like the Full Metal Alchemist for her to watch with me is this. So she, we all, every night after my daughter goes to bed, after Sam goes to bed, uh, we watch an hour of Avatar, and my son's super into it. But I think it, I think it has to be based off of. I, I your maybe your birth sign. What were, what are you? What's your birthday? I believe
0: I'm a Leo. August tenth is my birthday. I think I'm a Leo. Uh, I
1: you are Leo. I think that's a fire sign.
0: Um, isn't that the lion right. See, yeah i don't i yeah. don't follow it all that closely but i mean like i don't even know what that oh oh you're saying i'd be a firebender dude the firebenders yeah. are jerks i don't want to be a firebender. No, no,
1: no zuko has the best character arc in that yeah you're a fire sign
0: Dude, i've only watched two episodes of the airbender of the last airbender and i've never seen it before and zuko sucks so far so hopefully that turns around
1: okay i don't want to spoil anything no avatar avatar is definitely like a gateway to anime as well uh I think
0: yeah. well, So what would you be based on oh, your astrological science? Well
1: one, I find horoscope science to be how do I say this and not be super offensive? Uh I've heard it called stripper science. Oh my god. Where
0: Yeah, because that's the least offensive way you could have yes, put that.
1: No. No, I think there's something <laughs> to people's personalities when you're born, sure. I don't put a lot of stock into it. I just, uh, and that's from Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan calls it stripper science. Um, It's just like you hear, hold on. It's like science that hairdressers or your barber tries to talk to you about, you know? Like, oh, because they find out like I'm a science teacher. And like, what do you feel about your horoscope? And I'm like, oh, God. But um, if I had to go by my horoscope, I'd be an earthbender. And I think that's kind of obvious if you look at me.
0: (laughs) Like Like you could stomp and lift a boulder up like that kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm just strong. You know, I would love to be a waterbender personally. I think that would be the best one. Bruce Lee said it best: "Be like water, my friend."
0: Yeah, I'd probably be water based on my personality. No, I think you're a firebender. <laughs> I think Dang that's it. fitting. No, yeah, I, I'm like, not angry can... enough. The firebenders are angry.
1: I don't think they're angry. I think they have strong emotions, which I think they're you
0: just, do have. They're just misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this before.
1: You're enthusiastic. You're passionate. Um... And
0: I also get really angry, and fire comes out um... of my hands.
1: <laughs> no, dude. His okay. I don't. I don't want to ruin it. Pay attention, pay Don't attention. Spoilers. Let me say this. Pay Spoiler atti-
0: Casey is on the track. <laughs> Don't you do it.
1: I will. Just watch the uncle. The uncle is really cool.
0: Yeah, no, the uncle is dope. I, I will admit, even at episode two, which is where I am in the series, uh, the uncle is already my favorite character.
1: He's he's awesome. Let's be our last one. This is from Craig in Tucson. Hey guys, really love the podcast and I love the concept of playing your old games. I'm finally getting around to Horizon Zero Dawn because of you guys. And the game, it made me think about this, and I can't stop, and I wanted to hear your insights. Would you rather experience the beginning of the planet Earth or the end of planet Earth? Again, that was Craig. Well, some. the good
0: news is we all get experience the end together, gang. Get ready. <laughs> you mean right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, me personally, I'd rather see the end of Mm-mm. planet Earth. No way. Yeah, for sure. See how it all comes crashing down? You get all the benefits of the technology. Wait, so is it like a snapshot or is it like you live the last year or what does that look like?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, they're both, they both suck. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, my hope is if it's into planet Earth, humans have colonized some other planet and then I'm watching it from TV and now I live life as some alien or something like that. Um, or the Matrix is real and we're just in our meat pod. And AI's taken over. Uh, I don't know. That's a hard one. I guess I'd rather experience the beginning. Dinosaurs are yeah, cool. Yeah, the beginning of Earth. You know,
0: I'm not trying to get philosophical and stuff, but like, where did it all begin? Like, who knows? Like, are you just like showing up in a rainforest and you're like, cool? Or it. am I the I'm dude over. that
1: emerges from the ocean and I am the primordial ooze? <laughs> am I at a. Adam-
0: there would be a lot more interesting circumstances regarding the end of the earth like how did this all come to pass
1: yeah yeah
0: and it's the end of humanity right not the end of earth
1: uh no it's the end of the earth that's the end of the planet earth yep which it would be the one and the same or possibly humanity's gone and then you're like in a fallout situation Okay. No,
0: I, I think, I think I'm doubling down on the end of the earth because yeah, exactly. You get to be in a spaceship and like sit there with Elon Musk's artificial intelligence robot <laughs> and just watch the earth implode on itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would, I don't know. I want to see the beginning cause I want to know how it started. I want to know. I want to know the truth.
0: Well, it depends on uh, how much a- ancient aliens you watched. <laughs> cause
1: here's the thing. If I go to the beginning, I can live longer and I can still enjoy it. If I go to the end, I'm done when it's at the end. <laughs> like I'm done with it. Yeah, it's over. At right? the
0: beginning, it's like, if you're coming from the 21st century, it's like, okay, I'm back in time. Now I got to live off the land. It's like that Joe Rogan bit. Like you think you're smart, go into the woods and see how long it takes for you to send me a text message. You know what I mean? Like you would <laughs> yeah, never yeah. be able to get back yeah. to the way you're living life currently.
1: Maybe that's the way to do it, though. Maybe I don't want to live my life currently. Maybe I want to simplify things. That's simplify it. You know things. what?
0: If you went to the beginning of time, Casey, you could like build a statue in your name.
1: Do I get to go back to my time? That's another question could... I have for you, Craig. So is it, am I just there for a short time? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going with the beginning of time. I want to know what was created.
0: This feels like a Doctor Who episode.
1: This is total chicken and the egg. Like, what would you, yeah, it's, hard. Dude, it's definitely a Doctor Who or Black Mirror That's question. what
0: I should make you watch is all of Doctor Who when we do our next challenge.
1: Uh, our next challenge is not going to be a TV one. We're going to let our next guest pick it oh, again, and hopefully shoot. that will win. Uh, hopefully it's not eating more raw things. I had one someone that's a listener text me or message us and say, this is Bush League. What of you needs to shave an eyebrow. <laughs> I was like, well i go shelby's real job he can't nope. probably go up nope. there could you draw one in <laughs> there's your no glasses cover it well enough i'm
0: shaving an eyebrow there's, oh, there's no thing. way
1: what about instead of shaving an eyebrow okay. you yeah.
0: do the three mark yeah. i don't want to send the wrong impression to exactly. um, anybody that i see uh and that brings us to yeah. the end of our cast huh casey Yes, it does. So feel free to shoot us an email at emails at underpoweredmedia.com. Check us out at Twitter on the Twitters, that's underpoweredpod on Instagram at under.powered and you can also check out our brand new Discord community, open to all, and uh, you know it's not where the cool kids hang out but we're there, so uh, check it out uh, what the, the hell, we
1: are the cool kids <laughs> no, like... no
0: we are not the cool I know.
1: kids <laughs> we want to be cool but yeah, so
0: that's in the episode tag so check out the fine details and hopefully we'll see you on the internets
1: I know. We made it to 10, Shelby. We made it. You said we couldn't do it.
0: To 10. We made it to 10. So, uh, we out. Have a good night. Play your games. Play your games.